Chapter 1 Picture a late June morning in 1918, a time when Montgomery wore her prettiest spring dress and finest floral perfume, same as I would wear that evening. Our house, a roomy Victorian on Pleasant Avenue, was wrapped in the tiny white blooms of Confederate jasmine and the purple splendor of morning glories. It was a Saturday, and early yet and cloudy. Birds had congregated in the big magnolia tree and were singing at top volume as if auditioning to be soloists in a Sunday choir. From my back stairway's window, I saw a slow horse pulling a rickety wagon. Behind it walked two colored women who called out the names of vegetables as they went. Beets, sweet peas, turnips, they sang louder even than the birds. Hey, Katie, I said, coming into the kitchen. Bess and Clara are out there. Did you hear them? On the wide wooden table was a platter covered by a dish towel. Plain? I asked, hopefully, reaching beneath the towel for a biscuit. No, cheese. Now, don't make that face, she said, opening the door to wave to her friends. Nothing today, she shouted. Turning to me, she said, You can't have peach preserves every day of your life. Old Aunt Julia said that was the only thing keeping me sweet enough to evade the devil. I bit into the biscuit and said, Mouthful, Are the Lord and Lady still asleep? They both in the parlor, which I expect you know since you used the back stairway. I set my biscuit aside so as to roll my blue skirt's waistband one more turn, allowing another inch of skin to show above my bare ankles. There. Maybe I best get you the preserves after all, Katie told me, shaking her head. You mean to wear shoes, at least. It's too hot. And if it rains, they'll just get soaked, and my toes will prune up, and skin will peel, and then I'll have to go shoeless, and I can't. I have my ballet solo tonight. My own mama would whoop me if I was going public like that, Katie clucked. She would not. You're thirty years old. You think that mattered to her? I thought of how my parents still counseled and lectured my three sisters and my brother, all at least seven years older than me, all full adults with children of their own, except for Rosalind. Tootsie, we call her. She and Newman, who was off fighting in France, same as our sister Tilda's husband, John, were taking their time about parenthood. Or maybe it was taking its time about them. And I thought of how my grandmother, Musadora, when she lived with us, couldn't help advising Daddy about everything from his haircuts to his rulings. The thing, then, was to get away from one's parents and stay away. Anyway, never mind, I said as I went for the back door, sure that my escape was at hand. Long as no one here sees me. Baby! I jumped at Mama's voice coming from the doorway behind us. For heaven's sake! She said. Where are your stockings and shoes? I'm just going right back to your room to get dressed. You can't think you are walking to town that way. Katie said. Excuse me, I just remembered we low on turnips. And out she went. Not to town. I lied. To the orchard. I'm going to practice for tonight. I extended my arms and did a graceful plie. Mama said, 
Yes, lovely. I'm sure, however, that there's no time for practice. Didn't you say the Red Cross meeting starts at nine? What time is it? I turned to see the clock read twenty minutes till. I rushed past Mama and up the stairs, saying, I better get my shoes and get out of here. Please tell me you're wearing your corset, she called. Tootsie was in the upstairs hallway, still dressed in her nightgown, hair disheveled, sleep in her eyes. What's all this? When Newman had gone off to France in the fall to fight with General Pershing, Tootsie came back home to live until he returned. If he returns, she'd said glumly, earning a stern look from Daddy, who we all called the judge, his being an associate Alabama.